everyone, Siobhan Chapman here, and welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. It's Friday morning, which means it's time for the weekend review and preview conversation, where my guests will recap how markets have performed over the past few sessions and preview what you can expect in the week ahead. Today's segment primarily focuses on the July employment report and economic implications of other recent releases. Joining us for the conversation, I'm glad to welcome back Brian Rose, Senior U.S. Economist with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Brian, welcome. We're happy to have you. Thanks, Yvonne. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Brian. So let's get started. So we received the July employment report just a few moments ago. How did the data measure up to your expectations, and how would you characterize the current health of the U.S. labor market? This morning's report was mixed. The headline non-farm payrolls increased by 187,000, which was a little bit less than consensus. Uh, There were also downward revisions, uh, totaling 49,000 over the previous two months. And this has been the recent pattern, so uh, in slower slower payroll growth and also uh, whereas there was a, a period where there were always upward revisions to the data. Now, lately, there have been some downward revisions. And if you look at the three-month average, it's 218,000. That's the lowest since January 2021, so early in the, in the recovery. And... You know, this is, these, these are numbers that look more sustainable. You know, we were seeing extremely rapid job growth, 300,000, 400,000 a month, which was, you know, just not possible to stay at that level forever. And, you know, now we're down to more moderate, uh, you know, pay, payroll growth. But uh, overall, the labor market still looks very tight. The unemployment rate is only 3.5%. And, uh, you know, that is very low from historic perspective. Average hourly earnings showed a solid increase, four-tenths month over month. Uh, So, you know, again, labor market is still strong, still tight, but not as tight as it was, you know, especially a a year ago. And uh, so you are seeing job growth and wage growth uh, slowing. We saw uh, earlier in the week we had the JOLTS job openings data, and that, uh, is very noisy month to month, but it is showing a downward trend in opening. So again, better balance between supply and demand. You know, with all the job growth we've had over the last couple of years, you know, more, more of those open positions are, are being filled and you know, more or less we've seen a full recovery from the pandemic. So labor force participation rate has been steady in recent months. At uh, you know, uh, and with the exception of the seniors uh, over 65, you know, we've seen a full recovery in in participations overall. You know, very very healthy uh, labor market. And uh, again, from the from the Fed's perspective, you know, this is what they wanted to see: is a better better supply demand balance instead of a very overheated labor market. So it seems as if we are recovering from pandemic levels. And as you said, the labor market still looks tight. So looking outside of the jobs report, Brian, what were some other notable macro data releases from this past week? So one uh, you know, release that got a lot of attention was the senior loan officer survey. This is the Fed surveying banks, asking them what they're doing with their lending standards. And the banks continue, not surprisingly, continue to tighten their lending standards. This has been going on for more than a year now. But there was a this time a special question where 
to ask the banks, you know, not not the direction of change in the standards, but in an absolute sense, are you know, are their lending standards tight relative to where they are normally? And they are they the the survey showed that uh, yeah, the, the, the the lending stance is tighter than normal, but not in an extreme way. So uh, you know, only only uh, moderately tighter than than normal. So in an absolute sense, you know, uh, the um, banks are still still willing to lend uh, for the most part, and companies are still finding you know they are able to get the financing they need. So it's not as though we're having a severe credit crunch, and you know, banks, uh, you know, the, the businesses are facing higher higher borrowing costs, but that's mainly because the Fed has raised rates 525 basis points. Uh, you know, the banks tightening their standards or you know, increasing their their margins on on loans. That's that's not the big part of the story. Really, it's you know, the Fed hikes that uh, are having the the main effect. Uh, also, this week we had the ISM PMIs. These are you know, very timely indicators of current conditions. And uh, here also the data is mixed, so manufacturing up a little bit, but still below 50, uh, indicating you know the manufacturing sector is in a recession, and the services were down after jumping in uh, in June. And you know you look at you look at this data, which again is you know. Uh, very, very timely, and it suggests you know, economic growth isn't all that strong. So, you know, we've seen, uh, for example, second quarter GDP growth at 2.4%, which looks good. But if you look at something like the ISM PMIs, suggests you know, maybe growth really isn't as uh, you know as strong as the GDP data makes it seem. And again, you, you know, you also consider that this morning's jobs report looks like the economy is uh, slowing. So. Um, but no, you know, no sign of anything too bad. So you know, it, it's uh, looking looking like a soft landing. But uh, you know, again, the overall trend is does seem to be towards a slower growth. The Fitch rating agency had downgraded this week the long-term foreign currency rating of the United States. Can you provide some background on this and speak to any economic implications? Uh, yeah. So the you know, sovereign debt ratings tend to be a bit arbitrary, so especially for countries like the U.S., which, uh, you know, can just print their own currency, right? There's there's no limit to, to borrowing in that sense. You know, we can, we can always just, if we really have to, we can just print the money to service uh, the debt. Uh, so, you know, there's no, in that sense, it's not like a company which is, you know, in danger of defaulting because they, you know, they don't have enough money to, to service their debt, but you know, if you look at what Fitch is saying, you know, nothing, uh, nothing really too surprising. Debt levels, uh, government debt levels, are high. You know, they, we've added a lot of debt since uh, the start of the pandemic, and uh, you know, the this last battle over raising the debt ceiling came down to the wire. And politically, it's just hard to see. How we're going to get the public finances onto a sustainable path? There's, you know, there just isn't a strong political movement to to do anything about uh, budget deficit, and budget deficit is you know very very large. Even though the economic conditions are strong, 
you know, budget deficit is still very wide. If we have a recession, it means the budget deficit is going to get to really, you know, really troubling uh, levels. And, you know, all of this is factoring into this uh, you know, decision to, to lower the, the credit rating. But, you know, of course, the market is, was already aware of all of these issues. It's not like they needed uh, a rating agency to tell them uh, something new. And, you know, we don't expect this to have a lasting impact on on actual, you know, bond yields or you know, treasury yields. So I want to look ahead to next week, Brian. You know, we've covered so much in just this short conversation. What is there for investors to be mindful of looking forward to next week? So the most important release next week will be the CPI data for July. Obviously, uh, you know, huge focus on uh, inflation and markets have been extremely sensitive to uh, to this data. Uh, we we think we'll see just a modest increase, uh, two tenths month over month on both core and uh, headline. Uh, one thing to keep in mind is you know there's been a lot of focus on the headline year-over-year inflation rate, which you know, was at nine percent at the peak, came down to three percent in June. That uh, number is probably going to go up a little bit. Uh, both in July and next month in August because of base effects. Uh, so, you know, you, you have to be prepared for that. But again, on the monthly trend, which is, I think, more of the focus for markets, should remain very subdued. Uh, we're also going to get uh, PPI data. And, uh, you know, here you do see a very little inflationary pressure at the producer level. The supply chains have healed. Uh, demand isn't that strong. And you see uh, you very, very few signs of inflation at, at the uh, producer level. A couple of things to mention. We get the NFIB survey of small businesses. This is, you know, uh, really interesting data. Of course, uh, small businesses play an important role in, in labor markets and in terms of, of setting prices. So we'll see, you know, what, what that shows. We'll get consumer credit data. You know, we've had a huge run-up in consumer credit uh, during during the stronger uh, you know period of of growth, uh, but uh, you know it seems like we're reaching a limit where consumers have already you know taken on uh, a lot of debt and can't and keep adding at that uh, at that pace. And then finally, we'll get uh, another reading on consumer confidence. This has been showing improvement uh, recently. You know, consumers hate inflation. Inflation is slowing. And this is helping to to boost confidence. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to those upcoming releases and any other further implications that it can have on the health of our economy. Thank you so much for joining us, Brian. Thanks very much. Again, today we have been joined by Brian Rose, Senior U.S. Economist with the UBS Chief Investment Office. And as a reminder to our listeners, Top of the Morning is a part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the UBS Trending Video Series. From UBS Studios, I'm Siobhan Chapman, and thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. 
As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.